This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. And we're back. Well, uh, today we're going to continue down Colossians and uh, we're going to talk about being the best employee because Paul has some things to say. Now, he has been teaching us on, uh, well, a lot of uh, behavioral patterns and walking in the new life of Christ and he took us into marriage, took us into parenting, took us into kids, you know, and now Paul is going to explore this idea of, of, of being an employee <clears throat> and how to live as the best employee. But first I want to, before I get into the text in Colossians chapter 3, let me just show you a verse that I think is real important today. And it's found in First uh, Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians three ten. It says this: For even when we were with you, Paul writing, we used to give you this order: If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. Whoa, that would be considered so cold today. Now, let me tell you what's going on here. Barring an injury that incapacitates a person or a handicap. We're all called to work. God creates the garden and he puts Adam in there to cultivate and keep it. He gave the guy a job. Paul says a great motivator for getting people to work is not having money to buy food. That'll get people out there looking for, for work. Now, now, at the time of this study, I'm... I'm noticing all kinds of businesses, help wanted, help wanted, all kinds of different businesses, not just fast food, all kinds of help wanted. Recently, I've gone to certain places to eat, they're closed. Why? They probably don't have the help. People aren't taking the jobs. But yet we just keep giving money away. So, something's got to give here. I don't know if we're raising people correctly. There are jobs, but... It seems like people just don't want to work. Why should they? They're getting free stuff. And listen close. You may think, well, I don't like what you're saying, Jim. Listen. Would you, you allow your fully healthy, grown-up son or daughter in their 20s or 30s just to stay with you, live at home, do nothing, never go look for a job, and keep eating off of what you provide for them and everything you get? Would you let them do that? No way. You'd look at your kid and say, you're a lazy bum. You need to get up and go get a job. Well, what's the difference? You wouldn't keep giving them free stuff because you know they need to get up and do something with their life. They need to get a job. Well, that's all I'm saying, and I think that's all that verse is saying right there. So let's get into this. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 22 to 25. It says this. Slaves, in all things, obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong, which he has done, and that without partiality. Okay. Now, he says slaves, and he says masters. Now, you need to know 2,000 years ago what's going on. And by the way, slavery's been around a lot longer than that. 
Here, here's what's going on here. At the time of this writing, the Roman Empire was in power. Some people say in that Roman Empire, there were up to 60 million slaves in that Roman Empire in that day. Now, understand, many of them, and many of them, were well-educated, and they were placed in high positions in people's homes of the wealthy people, and they helped to educate the kids, they helped to discipline the children. They had a very high position in their life. But the big question, well, why doesn't Paul or the Bible c condemn slavery? Why does it seem like he's condoning it? Well, think about it. The Romans were in power. They had all the power. The church can't overthrow that political power. They're not going to overthrow the Romans. So what's, so what's the, the next best thing to do? Well, you got to teach a person Whatever condition you find yourself in, whatever position you find yourself in, if you're in a slave position, then this is how you live your life. This is how you live your faith in whatever place you find yourself. If you ever read a little New Testament letter called Philemon, it all it deals with the slave-master relationship. Now let's go further on this note. For many slaves, entering into this world of being a slave, for someone, this was a very, very good way of life for them back then. For many of them, it took them away from poverty. It gave them a, a, you know, a home to live in. It gave them, respond, it gave them all kinds of things. Now, <clears throat> but let me tell you the big deal. God is way more interested in setting people free from spiritual slavery, sin, than from the physical slavery at that time. You want to set people free from, from sin, from spiritual slavery. Now, they may not sit well with some of us, but you don't live in that time frame 2,000 years ago. Now, the big question again now, another one, is this. How does this apply to our lives, you know, 2,000 years later? Well, very simple. Slaves were workers. It's the closest thing we have to the slave, I'm sorry, to the boss-employee relationship. The owners were the bosses. And so we can glean on how to be a good employee from these verses here and apply that to our life. It's a very simple thing if you just allow yourself to read what Paul's saying. So we want to talk about being the best employee because the closest thing we have to it is this. So here we go from those verses. The first thing Paul says is obey the boss. Just obey the boss. He says slaves in all things, remember slave is like a modern day employee, slaves in all things obey those who are your masters on earth. The master would be like the boss in verse 22. So I got a question. Shouldn't the Christian be the employee of the month every month wherever you work? Shouldn't you? Shouldn't your employer say, man, that, that guy, that gal, great, great worker. And you may say, well, my employer is not very nice. They're not fair. Oh, yeah, so that's a good reason to disobey and stuff like that. Listen, listen, listen. Old Testament, Joseph. Genesis 37, mistreated by his brothers, sold into slavery. They take him into Egypt, sold into Potiphar's house, and he rises up in there as a house slave. He becomes the manager of the entire estate. Then he's lied about by Potiphar's wife, thrown into a prison. There, what did he do? He rises up again to he runs the prison. Think about that. Everywhere he goes, he's mistreated. Everywhere he goes, he's mistreated. And yet, 
He becomes the best employee. He's the best employee in Potiphar's house, rises to the top. He's the best person in the prison, takes a position of administrator, rises, rises, and he runs the whole thing. He's the employee of the month everywhere he goes, guys, every time. He has a good attitude, does the right thing, and everything has gone wrong for him in his life. And you know what? Eventually God uses all that to promote him, to promote him. And that's something. God looks at our obedience. God promotes obedience, whether it's at work, obedience at work or at church or at home, on your sports team, whatever. God sees it. God's more interested in you growing as a person, in you growing into the image of Christ. Right? In Genesis 16, verse 5, let, let me read it to you, just the verse, and then let me explain what's going on. Because it's a very interesting little thing. It says, And Sarai I said to Abram, May the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. What in the world is going on there? Well, long story short, Sarai I... You know, God, the prophecy is they're going to have a child in their old age, and they're childless. So she gets impatient, and she thinks, maybe um, God meant that you're to take my maid Hagar and go into her, and that's how we're going to have our kid. So they do that. And of course, that's not the way God planned it, but they have a kid. And now there's two women, Sarai and Hagar, in one home, and there's a child who belongs to Hagar. And now it says, Sarai says that this Hagar I'm, dis she's, I'm despising her side, she, which means to make light, to make small. She goes, she's making me look small. Now I want you to think about that. Hagar is making Sarah, she's making me look small. Hagar is the employee in the home, guys. She's the maid, though she's father of child, she's the maid. Sarai is the boss. The maid, the employee, is giving the boss an attitude. What's the problem? Obedience. Listen, you're getting paid to do a job. Do the job, do it to your best, and quit giving your emotionally junior high attitude to your boss. Stop it. Where is the glory to God in that one? You start pouting, you get in the mood. Where's the glory to God in that? Grow up now. They're paying you to do a job do it with a good attitude. Be obedient. Now, the second thing I think Paul says is, or I know he says is this, don't be a two-face. Now, he goes on to say in verse 22 of Colossians 3, not with external service as those who merely please men. When your boss gives you an assignment, when your job requires you to do a certain thing, and you say, okay, don't just give lip service. Don't just sit there and say, to your supervisor, okay, and then you go out to the fellow employee and say, that guy's stupid, my supervisor's dumb, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do this. That's a two-face. That's a two-face. Let me tell you about bosses. Let me tell you about bosses. I'm a boss. Let me tell you what bosses value. Bosses love and value employees that they can trust to do what they say they're going to do with a good attitude. Let me tell you what I also know about bosses. Bosses fire liars. 
If you keep telling your boss, well, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it, and then you turn around, I'm not going to do that, this, and you don't do it, guess what you are? You're a liar. Bosses fire liars. It's a very simple process. The arithmetic's clear. Don't be a two-face. You say you're going to do it, do it, do it with a good attitude. The third thing about being the best employee, employee of the month, give the company the best you've got. Give it the best you've got. He says, do your work heartily. Hmm, in verse 23. Well, you know what heartily means? The Greek word means to, to breathe, to blow out, meaning you're exerting yourself. <clears throat> At work, you give your best, whether anyone's watching or not. You give your best whether the boss is on vacation or not. You give your best. You guys know I'm a movie guy. You know the movie Big Tom Hanks back in the 80s? I love that movie. Do you remember when he goes to work at that toy company and they put him on a computer and he's getting things done really fast and John Lovitz, a fellow employee next to him, and he tells him, he goes, hey, he tells Tom Hanks, hey, slow down, you want to get us all fired? What's going on there? Well, the co-worker, John Lovitz, he's just coasting. He's just coasting. He's getting a paycheck, but he's just coasting. Don't coast. Don't coast. You work hard. You work hard. Now, do you know why you want to give your best at the job? Do you know why you want to do that? Well, that's not the fourth thing I want to say. And that is because I'm working for God, not just man. Paul adds, as for the Lord rather than for men. I want to give my best because I'm ultimately working for God. Now, don't go to your boss and say, I'll do it because I'm working for God, not for you. Don't do that. What kind of Christian testimony is that? That brings no glory to God. No, but you need to understand in your life, you're ultimately working for God. And God is noticing obedience and disobedience. He's watching. Did you know that by obeying your boss, you're obeying God. Did you know that? Did you know that? It's true. Now, <clears throat> bigger thought on that one. Even, even if the boss doesn't commend us for a job well done, even if the boss doesn't commend us for a job well done, God does. And somewhere, some way, somehow, God will reward us. Oh yeah, He will. Oh yeah, He will. You see, verse 24 says, Know that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. God rewards. Joseph Back to Joseph. He's thrown in that prison. Or he's thrown into Potiphar's house. He's a slave. Works his way up. It's unfair. It's not right. Then she lies about him. Gets thrown in the prison. It's not fair. It's not right. But he does a great job. Becomes employee of the month every month. Rises up. Runs the prison. 13 years. 13 years go by. And one day. Pharaoh has a dream and nobody can interpret it. And somebody says, there's a guy over in that prison. He can interpret dreams. 
because Joseph has for other people. And they bring Joseph out, they clean him up, fix him up, and they bring him to Pharaoh. And he interprets the dream. And he not only interprets the dream, he tells Pharaoh, here's what you must do knowing this is coming. Pharaoh says, do we have anybody that can handle this job? It's Joseph. Because he administrated Potiphar's house, then he's thrown in prison, he administrates the prison, and now God has watched his obedient heart at work, obedient heart at work, obedient heart at work. He's been employee of the month, employee of the month, employee of the month, and then one day, after 13 years, everything turns. And Pharaoh says, you're the guy for the job. And all this time, he's been developing his administrative skills. Because now Pharaoh puts him as prime minister of all of Egypt. And he administrates, which at that time was the most powerful nation in the world, Egypt. He rose up, he rose up. God saw his obedience, God saw his obedience, God saw his good work, until finally God says, okay, it's time to reward this guy. Because this guy has been doing a great job. Let me tell you, God looks at obedience. God looks at our heart. God looks to see if we're coasting and doing a good job. God looks to see if when we say yes to the boss, we don't go out to the fellow employees and start complaining about everything. God sees it all. Let's be, as Christians, try, strive to be employee of the month every month of our lives. Because we're not just working for the boss, we're working for God. And God sees our heart. Well, amen. We're going to stop there. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.